own the mistake because if you're not capable of owning the mistake, you're not managing your ego properly and you're living an element of your life in denial. I don't want to do that. Hi, I'm Jeremy Allaire, and this is The Money Movement. I'm really excited to be here today in New York with my very special guest, Anthony Scarmucci. Awesome to have you on the show. It's a pleasure being on, Jeremy. You're the special guest. Oh, come on. You know, I mean, you're right. the man. We're going to have fun. Congratulations on everything. Thank you. Well, we're making progress. Lots of stuff to talk about and reflect on. You've been at it in this whole arena for a number of years. For someone who kind of came in, saw a cycle, saw a change in the cycle, now kind of where we are today. I want to- You didn't tell me that though. You didn't tell me I had to go through You had to go through the cycle. Yeah, Yeah, you didn't tell me that you- This is, yes. You age 50 years in an 18 month cycle. You didn't didn't mention that. It it is actually something we tell new employees is this is going to be the hardest job you've ever had. Literally, because it's intense. The intensity of of all this is, is there. Well, yeah. I mean, this is something I, I'll say this, this is your podcast, but I got to say this about you. You're a role model for everybody for a number of different reasons. Number one, you stay in there. Okay. There was a situation with Silicon Valley Bank in March. Things look shaky. You shored everything up. You stayed in there. Mm-hmm. You switched your business model, made some adaptations and refinements to your business model. Yeah. And you stayed steadfast and dead set on your vision, mm-hmm. which is now finally starting to come to fruition. Yeah. And so yeah. God bless you and you deserve all the success that you've had and may it continue to grow. But I think there's lessons in that. Mm-hmm. Had a vision, stayed in there, the car crashes are happening, the the bag is blowing up in your face and you're still in there, unrelenting. And I think that's the big lesson for young people yeah. listening to your podcast. You can't give up. I mean, yeah. I've been fired from the White House, I got taken by Sam Bankman-Fried from FDX. Yeah. Uh, God only knows what goes on in this industry, mm-hmm. but you and I both know that this is going to be a very big part of financial services for the future. Yeah, and getting there, I'm later than you, but both getting there t- together. Yeah, it's been quite a ride, but worth every minute of it. Yeah, I think that like conviction, having a vision, staying focused. You know, it's hard. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of, you know, here's the new thing. Here's the new thing. Chase this, chase that, right? We've definitely tried to like stay focused on that long-term vision. But I, I'd be interested just like for you, like where is your conviction today? Yeah. How would you express your conviction about the future of blockchain and the financial system? We could talk about Bitcoin or this or that, but just like big picture, your conviction has it been shaken and how do you feel as you think about where we are today? Well, I mean, last year at this time, I was getting hammered. It was actually November. I was getting right. hammered because of what happened with FDX. And then the New York Post, which is, even though they rip me, I would say once every three months, it's my favorite paper. I have to confess that. It shows you my <laughs> lack of intellectual depth. But there I am in the Bitcoin boat. Okay, it's a little character of me. I look like Tyrion yeah. Lannister from the Game of Thrones. I'm this high off the ground. My face is exaggerated. It looked terrible in the picture. And I'm sinking in the SS Mooch. <laughs> and it says, Scaramucci bets big on Bitcoin and gets it completely wrong. And I'm looking at the picture, and the Bitcoin is a 16500 Yeah. Sam has blown himself up on the way to bankruptcy. And I said to my assistant, 
can you call the New York Post and see if I can get that framed from them? I can it. I actually get right. the picture? Can we get it yeah. framed? If you come to my office, it's framed in my office. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? I mean, either crazy, I'm going to be very, very right, and yeah. Bitcoin's going to do what I think it does, which yeah. hopefully gets to a six-figure handle sometime in the next decade, mm -hmm. or I'm going to be very, very wrong, and then it won't matter. But if I'm right, it's reminiscent of what Jeff Bezos did mm -hmm. at Amazon. His stock went from 116 to- 98% down. Yeah, whatever, and, yeah, and the Barons had his head in a bomb, yeah. and it said, you know, Amazon.bomb, yeah. the age of this internet retailer is yeah. over, and Jeff shot himself in outer space. I think he took Captain Kirk with him on like a secondary mission. Right. So the point I'm making is that you're somebody I admire, because you're in it, and you're in it willing to absorb the pain, and you're willing to lead. Because what happens with leadership is your plans go awry, mm -hmm. your contact with the enemy forces you to change the plans. Yeah. Or as Mike Tyson says, everyone's got a plan that they get punched in the face. You and I have been punched in the face, we've been knocked out of the rink, okay? And so we're climbing into the rink again, and I, I haven't, I've been on stinting. I will say this, this is... Some of my clients are very happy about this. Some of my clients are very upset with me for it. I established my Bitcoin position in November of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably an average cost, 17, 18,000. Haven't sold a coin, mm -hmm. added to it, mm -hmm. frankly, and I haven't sold a coin. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see what happens, but that's my yeah. conviction level. Yeah. So that's where I am in terms of where I think the future is. And what I tell people when I run into them and they say, I don't really understand the blockchain. Well, you know, it's a delayering mechanism. And I always use circle in your business model. I say, just imagine you can walk into a restaurant, you can walk into a hotel, and you have a circle stable coin on your app, mm -hmm. and you are now doing a transaction, which mm -hmm. is incrementally saving costs mm -hmm. and so forth. And, and I'll give a very vivid example. I own a restaurant here in New York City called the Hunt and Fish Club with a few partners. We have a 15% gross margin. If I right. pay with a circle stable coin right. and I bypass right. the credit card vendors, my gross margin goes up 22.5% because you're going from 15 to 18.5% right. on the gross margin. Right. On a margin basis, it's incredible. So right? so any, any retail, anything, right? It's just like, it's incredible. And you see that, right? Well, I see yeah. circle and I love the name because of the universality of the name, but I see circle as the great economic accelerator. I mm -hmm. see Circle as someone wants to say, well, what happened with Circle? Well, they became the economically efficient mm -hmm. accelerator, which mm -hmm. led to way more innovation. Because, <laughs> because no, it's when you think yeah, about it. I, I, I'm because, with you. It's because right, it's right if there I'm, with our mission statement. If I'm yeah. saving 20% on my gross margin, my gross margin is improving 20%, yeah. I can buy more food. I can experiment yeah. on the menu. I can add maybe more yeah. staff. I can lower prices. Yeah. yeah. And so this is the thing that like the visionaries in our industry understand about the blockchain. It's right. this wonderful delayering mechanism, yeah. which takes third parties out of the equation, which can make everybody richer and happier. Yeah. I think people like, it's great. All that is, I think, spot on. And like with other parts of the internet, right, which did the same thing, right? We just, when you had the marginal cost of sending a piece of data go to zero and the marginal cost of having a voice connection with someone go to zero and the marginal mm -hmm. cost of publishing a piece of content went to zero. When you get marginal cost down, then the actual world output of whatever that is just explodes, right? So if you get the marginal cost of storing and moving money to zero, 
then the amount of economic activity that can happen can explode, right? You just, and so I, I call it like the new physics of money, which is the money will have the physics of the internet, which is essentially just frictionless, instant, global, free. And that will create an increase in economic velocity. And obviously it takes huge amounts of, it creates economic value. It redistributes from these layers, right? But it also actually, increasing the velocity actually will enhance and grow economic activity as well. So we agree, but I'll just reference something. A, a while back, uh, Steve Covey wrote a book called The Speed of Trust. Mm. And when I hear the word circle, I think trust mm -hmm. because we don't like, and we generally don't trust each other as human beings. We mm -hmm. like our clan, we like our tribe, we like our yeah. family. And so I'm not going to sell a house to a stranger without a corresponding bank. Please right. wire the money to my bank. Right. I wait for my bank to tell me that they got the money, yeah. and then I hand the deed, right? Because I don't trust the person. Yeah. But what Circle represents and what the blockchain represents is trust. And what Covey said in the book is that there's speed to trust. Mm -hmm. You and I grew up together. We mm -hmm. know each other. We know each other's right. families. You have a high bandwidth We're gonna relationship. Do you have it. We're going to do a you transaction yeah, in a second. Yeah, yeah. We don't know each other. We've got 15 lawyers. Right. There's a 15-page document before we start doing business together. Yeah. What you're doing is delayering those documents. You're delayering yeah. those, those yeah. intermediaries. And so I guess the thing that puzzles me about all this right now is that it's not new anymore. Okay, what you're doing, what Skybridge represents in the space or other people that are crypto-centric are doing it's not new anymore, yet there's still a lot of resistance, regulatory yeah. resistance, resistance from the old regime. Yep. It's like the phone company saying, hey, you know what? I really don't want to yeah. move from $3 a minute for right. that long distance call. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that, yeah. that's These the big, big trouble. Big industry structural changes take time, right? right. The Hollywood fought giving up movie libraries and to streaming and VOD. I mean, I was in the online video space before Circle, and so I remember closely like, the movement of television, the internet and the resistance and the regulatory capture and like everything that happened. And, but it was sort of clear that it was, it was inevitable, right? Mm -hmm. There'd be an infinite celestial jukebox of video in the sky. Everyone would be able to publish. It would be this huge transformative thing. But it takes, these things take 10 or 20 years and that's okay. You just need to have that perspective. Right. And obviously you need to have the conviction and the wherewithal because of all the punches that we talked about and stuff. Well, I've, but, yeah. I've learned I've learned this the hard way, but I think it's worth stating. If the product is cheaper, if the product is going to give the consumer better results mm -hmm. at a lower price, okay, mm -hmm. it's going to get adopted. Whether yeah. the phone company wanted the minutes to go from $3 yeah. a minute right. to zero. Totally. Or the bank wanted the, the transaction to stay at 3.5%. Exactly. The, the, the technology progress is just going to happen. It's just going to happen. I because was tweeting today. There was a Solana, which has taken, you know, uh, got a lot of sh shots taken at it for downtime or sure. for because it was promoted by SBF. It was like, it must be bad or whatever. But like, they just keep shipping and like their network scalability is getting better and better. And they've got infrastructure on the horizon to get to like a million transactions per second mm -hmm. based on improvements in bandwidth and compute power. And it's like, you can scale almost anything on that. Right. Well, and that's I'm, amazing. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of the, those guys. And, and yeah. I, they, the technology is super fast and you know, I just think Anatoly's got to figure it out. Now he's mm. saddled with some things that happened to him related to FDX and the position mm. that FDX and the, Bankruptcy estate owns in that thing, yeah. But that will work itself it out, will. and that—that's yeah. the Patience. lesson to people. Yeah. You got to stay in something, you yeah. know. 
I have had six business obituaries and one political obituary written about me. Okay, I'm still here. Okay, I'm just telling you. Now, you're, you're, I was I'm, six foot eight. Very when happy I got, to have you here. I was six foot eight when I got started. I mean, but I've lost a little height, but I'm still here. And the point being, the younger people don't give up. You, know, you got to be in the game. You got to stay in the game. I am yeah. certain, and there had to be moments at Circle where you felt the walls closing in. You know, Absolutely. You were, you were like uh, Luke Skywalker in the Trash Compactor episode four. Multiple times. World's coming to an end. Multiple what the times. hell am I going to do? Yes. The circle's going to become a compressed square. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to stay in this. Yes. And I'm going to reach out. And I tell what young people, ask for the favor. You know, what, mm -hmm. what, what did Ben Franklin say? You know, you want to create a friend? Ask the person for a favor. Mm -hmm. It sounds counterintuitive, but the minute you create the reciprocal, potential reciprocity in the relationship, you got something yeah. going, you know? As an entrepreneur, right, people are always telling you why you're wrong and why it won't work and why, you know, that's one of the things I tell people who are starting companies, like, you know, what does it take and so on. It's like, everyone's going to tell you why what you're trying to do is going to fail. And so you, you need to be ready for, for that. And you're going to face, you're just going to face failure all the time, right? It's just, it's built in. To it, the, the number of situations where you know people like have an idea, it does it, it gonna explodes, etc. It's like that's like winning the lottery, right? And so that isn't about necessarily execution, even. So, so if you don't mind me asking you a question, have you gotten to the point where that's no longer happening to you, where people are starting to see the evolution of your vision, the manifestation and execution of it? Are I think you a lot the... of people, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's our ten year anniversary, and and like there's an incredible amount of that people recognize like it's here to stay and this is happening and it's going to be much more massive than it is today. But there's still absolutely people who just refuse to believe that right. stable coins are going to be anything other than quote unquote poker chips at a casino or the government's going to shut them down or, I mean, there's just, you know, you, you, you pick it and that's fine. I don't really care. Well, <laughs> listen, I mean, it's yeah. representative of property. And so one thing, yeah. I mean, I didn't learn much in law school. I think like First thing I learned in law school, Jeremy, don't be a lawyer. I thought that was the most obvious thing to learn <laughs> in a law school. But the thing I learned about property mm -hmm. in the United States is that our property rights are sacrosanct. And so if you have a digital property, a stable coin, mm -hmm. a digital property, Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and the IRS is saying that Bitcoin is intangible property, mm -hmm. definitionally that's property. And so mm -hmm. our property rights go back to the Magna yeah. Carta. Okay, so we have 900 years of precedent to protect our property rights. So you can get regulators that come and go that can be potentially arbitrary and capricious or politically motivated, but our judicial system is fairly well grounded mm -hmm. in precedent. Mm -hmm. And so I try to remind people, yeah, you may think they're going to regulate it out of existence, but it's property. Right. right. It's impossible to do that in a country like ours. That's and, that, yeah. and that's been one of the pillars yeah. of US economic strength. Yeah is the protection of U.S. property rights. So another way, that's a great point. Another way of thinking about that is it's a little bit of like the genies out of the bottle, which is like once something comes out and it gets established and people have it and they like it and they use it, right? It's hard to put that back, right? And you've seen this like with something like Uber, which like just scaled and grew all over the world. Yeah, really, really fast. No regular wanted Uber. No one wanted it. Everyone right. was opposed, but everyone who used it loved it. And so you right. couldn't put that genie back in the bottle and then society adapts. I mean, I remember this from, I've been in the internet industry for almost 30 years, like 
you know, streaming audio, which now obviously we, you know, we're doing a podcast, we're doing this, that. It's like ubiquitous. Anyone can publish any audio to anyone anywhere in the world. You don't need a license from a government to do audio broadcasts, to do any of this. You don't need, but that was like super regulated. And like people thought like, there's no, like if you want to be able to, you know, publish audio to someone over the internet, you're going to need to go around the world and get, you know, radio licenses yeah, right. from like every government. Right. But like then software and the internet, it worked and you had a mobile device and it was just like, people wouldn't accept that, that the, the genie's out of the bottle. And I think stable coins are like that. I, I think, you know, blockchain is like that. I think that all these you know, innovations of smart contracts are like that. Like the genie's out of the bottle. It doesn't mean there, there won't be meaningful regulation. There will be, and that's important. But I think there's a, there's a way in which this grows. But I want to come back to this trust thing and the breach of trust that has happened in, in this market. And you've experienced yourself sure. as well. And the timing is relevant, right? The, the FTX trial has just started as this episode is going online. And I know you spent time with Michael Lewis, who's published a book that's just been published on mm -hmm. this as well. But like, I want to explore that a little bit. As you know, I was up close to all this yeah, for, no, you, for many you, years. You were near the blast and, zone. Yeah, near the blast zone and knew Sam from his first trades, right, early on. So there's, there's a lot to reflect on there, surely. But as this circus unfolds, you know, and you kind of think about what happened would love just first your like top line thoughts on mm -hmm. what you think is going to play out here a little so bit. So let me let me frame it this way because I think it's important. This is one of the largest frauds in U.S. economic history, and for a fraud to be successful, you've got to induct very smart people into the fraud. Because mm -hmm. I'm not going to name the people because they get always upset with me, but there are venture capitalists, hedge fund managers, large institutional asset managers a whole slew of sovereign wealth funds mm -hmm. that gave Sam Bankman-Fried money and were making a bet yeah. on FTX. And then the media was involved. Yeah. You know, Ford, Fortune and Forbes had him on the front cover. He was a Forbes 400. And mm -hmm. you had celebrities that were involved. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of the largest frauds in U.S. financial history. Mm -hmm. I got taken. Mm -hmm. And yet my PR people would hate me to say that. And my PR people, crisis management people, don't talk about it go away, scurry away, and pretend it didn't happen to you, and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But if you do that, okay, so I take the counterintuitive approach to that. If you do that, then the learning gets dissipated. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then the re realness of your personality gets dissipated. But what I tell my kids is that if you have integrity, mm -hmm. there will always be opportunity for you. I got taken by Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah. So heads up, we gave him money in one of his rounds. Yeah. He was a sponsor of SALT. I think you may have remembered that. We did a big event for him in the Bahamas, which yeah. you guys were gracious enough to come to. And I believed in him. Mm -hmm. So much so that in August of 2022, I had a handshake deal with him where I sold him 30% of my business. He wired me that money in the beginning of September mm -hmm. of last year. So 12-ish yeah. months ago, I was riding high. I want you to think about this. I, I, I sold a piece of my business to Sam. I thought I was selling my business to the Mark Zuckerberg of crypto. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that he was the Bernie Madoff of crypto until nine short weeks later, mm -hmm. Jeremy, I got the call that he was mismatching his book and that he was moving client money into mm -hmm. what was known as Alameda, which is basically his personal account. 
It was so shocking to me, mm-hmm. okay? And it was 10 o'clock at night. I can tell you exactly where I was. I was in my bedroom, November 7th, 2022. I hung up the phone with the general counsel, the U.S. general counsel for FTX. I turned my wife and said, I don't believe what's going on. So what I'm going to do right now on my phone, I'm going to book a flight to the Bahamas mm-hmm. on JetBlue. Mm-hmm. I took the 6.50 a.m. flight, mm-hmm. and I arrived in the Bahamas on November 8th, yeah. and I had to go see Sam and his dad because I could not believe what was going on. And when I left there, okay, I knew I was losing money, right, the position off to zero. I knew now a piece of my business was owned by somebody that was going to have to go into bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. I knew the CZ Binance deal could not possibly happen based on right. what I had learned. And I was devastated. To say yeah. that I was devastated, and also, he embarrassed me because I took yeah. him around the world. I took yeah. him to the Middle East. I, you, I had him yeah. meet with MBS, NBC, friends of mine yeah. from around the world. And you were used. 100%. Yeah. I was used. So yeah. you could do two things with that. You could be horrified and embarrassed and shamed by that. There's mm-hmm. elements of that. Or you can sit on Jeremy Allaire's podcast and talk about it mm-hmm. so that somebody can learn from it and somebody can go, mm-hmm. okay, what did Anthony do wrong? What did he do right? Mm-hmm. And how did he get this so wrong? So let's talk about those three things. Then we can talk about anything you want. Number one, okay, too much collective thinking and buy-in. Right. Yes, his data room was pristine. Yes, my people did due diligence. Yes, we thought everything, but there was too much collective buy-in. Okay, yeah. we're all soaked in it together. Yeah. Number two, the ultimate of kind of momentum thinking. Yeah, momentum thinking, but also, you know, XYZ's in it. I want to be in the XYZ club with these super smart, sophisticated people. So I'm going to join the club. Okay. Number two, and this is very, very important. This is why your business is so successful and it's going to exponentially grow from here. The trust factor. Mm -hmm. There were four people operating the money inside of FTX. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, you want to commit a financial crime? It has to be a closed network. Mm-hmm. At Skybridge, right. we have 50 people looking at something. We have our administrators, our top known banks. We have our accountants. Yeah. They're the big four. We have law firms right. like right. the blue chip law firms that you know about. Right. But what Sam did was he had four people right. working on something. And by the way, because I've reflected upon it, Bernie Madoff did the same thing, Jeremy. You want to commit a financial crime. You have three or four people closely knit around mm-hmm. the money creating the crime. There's always a person of conscience. If you put 50 people in a room, one person is going to raise their hand and say, you know what? I'm sorry, this doesn't work for me. Four people, you can get away with it for a period of time at least. Yeah. So that's learning lesson. Number one, group think. You got to avoid that. Be skeptical. Unfortunately, in our world, Everybody is guilty until you prove them innocent through yeah. your due diligence. Number two, close group of people. Yeah. Uh, they can commit the crime. So you have to find out where the money is and how the money is protected. And then the third thing, which is to me the most important thing, is when you get it wrong, own it. Mm-hmm. Own the mistake. Because if you're not capable of owning the mistake, you're not managing your ego properly and you're living an element of your life mm-hmm. in denial. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Five children. I have to show them that I can get through something. Mm-hmm. I have employees, partners. Hey, we're going to survive this. We're going to get through this. But we made a mistake. We saw something mm-hmm. in Sam that didn't exist. 
I can pretend, oh, well, there were 25 other people that saw it, and so therefore I've got good cover. Mm-hmm. No, I got to take personal mm-hmm. responsibility mm-hmm. for the mistakes that I made and the business judgment that I had in doing business mm-hmm. with him, taking money from him, and giving him money in that round that we participated in. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, a lot of lessons. I um, got to know Sam a bit over years. Obviously, super smart guy, incredibly smart guy. Charismatic. Charismatic. but In an know, awkward, nerdy way, but he was charismatic. Sh- sure, absolutely. It's interesting, though, is like there was always something that bothered me, which was like I always felt like everything for Sam – was like a game like he was like like this this is like a giant complex game that he's playing and in a sense that nothing actually had meaning Mm -hmm. and like everything was just like i'm just optimizing for like getting to the next level of this game right it's like literally like someone who had spent their life in games and just trying to figure out like how do i like solve the puzzle and play the next level of the game and he struck me that way. And so actually there's interviews I've done with him. He's been on this podcast. I had him converge and other things. And multiple times I would sort of ask him in different ways, like, why are you doing this? Like, why bother? Like, what's the point? Like, what are you really trying to do here? And the answers were never satisfactory to me. Like there wasn't actually like conviction about real problems that he could solve. I mean, there was the whole effective altruism piece, which was like, I want to like save the world from, you know, all right. the, all these things or whatever. And like, he could talk yeah. about like that in the abstract, but like very concretely, like you'd have him on an interview about like, you know, it's sort of like the, the Matt Levine interview he did about, you know, the box and you put things in the box and it kind of laid bare, like, sure. He's just playing the game and it doesn't really matter. And so, you know, in asking him these questions about like, why are you doing this? Are you through this technology actually trying to improve the world? Are you actually trying to improve this? Or are you just trying to optimize for like just being able to create the biggest money machine or, or whatever that is, whatever you're trying to do? And so I, that was always like just to me like a concern because from my own experience, at least, I think great entrepreneurs and builders are grounded really deeply in like a very clear like mission for what they're yeah, trying no to question. do and change and no and not just game players. Um, well, they, and so also, I, view I the, they was, also view the power as a responsibility. Yes. The best entrepreneurs that I've met in my life are like, okay, they've created the business, they're garnishing power, mm-hmm. but they now review it as a responsibility. And it, it didn't ultimately feel that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can reflect upon all the things that I got wrong, but since you're bringing this up, one of the things that happened to me on November the 8th mm-hmm. was the observation of Sam's disassociation. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you remember that scene in Private Ryan where the, they're in the battle, they're on Normandy Beach, and, they, totally. and the yeah. infantryman's arm yeah. is blown off. Yeah. He's got the arm in his hand. He's yeah. looking at it. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe this has happened to me. Yeah. He's beginning the process of disassociation yeah. and denialism. Right. Sam was all about that on November the 8th. Mm-hmm. And he was disassociating from the reality of what he perpetrated. Mm-hmm. And he's a little snarky. Mm-hmm. And so he'll say things, and he said things to journalists recently. Yeah. I guess my life is not going to end up as a net positive, meaning he's made less of a contribution to the world uh-huh. than he's taken from the world. Yeah. And I know this is 
probably doesn't reflect well on me, but I'm going to say it anyway, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sad about it because mm -hmm. I have children. I have children that are Sam's age. My oldest yeah. son is six months younger than Sam. I took my oldest son with me to the Middle East with Sam. Mm. And we had left a, a meeting in Riyadh and we flew to uh, Dubai. It was two o'clock in the morning. We were getting ready for the next day. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I took my son to the DIFC, you know, the yeah, of well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going up the elevator with him. And he looks at me saying, Dad, he's a transformational entrepreneur. We're hanging out with like the next Zuckerberg or the next yeah. Musk. Okay. And I believe that. I believe that, okay? And so when this went down, mm -hmm. I picked up the phone, I called my mm -hmm. son, and I said, okay, so we got this wrong, mm -hmm. okay? And it's very important to own that we got it wrong, but there's also a lesson here, okay? My dad, who recently passed away, age 88, had a great life, was a crane operator. And he grew up in a family of coal miners in Northeastern Pennsylvania. So he, it's all about expectations of life, Jeremy. Yeah. He came to Long Island to mine sand. He was outdoors. His dad was in the ground. So mm. he thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. He had a high blue collar wage. We grew up in the middle class. Yeah. And he paid his taxes. He paid his parking tickets. He did everything. I was saying, where you can't do anything to dishonor your no-no. Mm. Okay, this guy helped us get to where we are. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, when I... Got into Tufts because I know you're a now yeah, yeah. A current Bostonian. I lived in Davis Square. So, so ago, when yeah. I got to Tufts, okay, April of 1982, yeah, accepted to Tufts University. My father came home from work. He used to go to work early, come home three o'clock in the afternoon. He had a ten thousand dollar check. It's a lot of money in 1982. I said, "Pop, what is that?" He said, "Well, I cashed the cash value of my life insurance because I don't really have the money to have you go to Tufts." There was a guidance counselor mm -hmm. by the name of Mr. Zanetti. He came to my father's house. He spoke to him in Italian, an Italian guidance counselor. I was going to SUNY Binghamton. And the Zanetti told my father, don't send this kid to SUNY Binghamton. You got to send him to a private school. He can get into Tufts and blah, blah, blah. It's more expensive than Binghamton, but send him to Tufts. It's going to be a better life experience for him. So my father was like, well, this is what the guy says to do. We're going to go do this. We didn't have the money. Mm. He handed me a $10,000 check. Mm -hmm. He cashed in his life insurance. Okay, so I tell my son, what do you need? Yeah. Okay, are you crazy? I mean, never do anything to dishonor him. Okay, so yeah. you can call me stupid if I bought you Bitcoin at 50000 and it's trading to 26000 You can say that I made mistakes in the 2008 financial crisis. Fine. Okay, but you can't take away the integrity mm -hmm. or the honesty of the approach. And so for me, that's the thing I can't figure out about Sam. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew his mom and dad. Mm -hmm. I'd gotten closer to his dad. Jeremy, the pain that I saw, you have children. Yeah. The pain that I saw on Professor Joe Banksman Fried's face mm. on November 8th is a pain that I will never forget. Your son has just committed his multiple billion dollar fraud. He's likely to go to jail for a good part of his adult life. And he's hurt people and he hurt the industry and he hurt people that trusted him. Mm -hmm. Think of the pain as a parent, you know? So yeah. yes, I wanna, I'm mad at Sam and I'm upset with him, but I also see the pathos yeah. of the situation. Yeah, you know? pathos is right. I think it'll be interesting by the time this comes out, many people will probably have read 
Michael Lewis's book. Mm -hmm. I had a chance to talk to Michael as he was working on the book before the blow up. And I'm sure you've talked to Michael before and after. Yeah. But Michael has a way of, I mean, I understand he's spent just an incredible amount of time with Sam. And I know he had been prior. It's like, are we going to get inside the head a little bit more? And what is that going to look like? And, well, I guess uh, Michael, I mean, I, I haven't talked to Michael in a while. Yeah. I did talk to him after the uh, explosion, but I think Michael believes Sam. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I could be right. wrong. I mean, let's right. see how the book comes out. Yeah. But my interaction with Michael, Crypto Bahamas, which, you know, I helped yeah. put on for Sam, my interactions with him there, the dinners that we hosted, yeah. which you attended. Yeah. Michael was a big believer in Sam. Yeah. As By the way, as was I. So, yeah. and Michael at one point said to me, you know, if he turns out to be a fraud, I think it was right after the bankruptcy was approaching. Mm-hmm. I think Michael still believed that there wasn't something wrong there that was criminal. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, oh, if he turns out to be a fraud, I probably won't write the book. Mm-hmm. He didn't say definitively he wouldn't write it. Yeah. But the point was he didn't want to yeah. make a notorious figure yeah. more famous. So I would like to, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading the book because I want to see his take on everybody yeah. and his take on everything, you know? Yeah, I think to the Michael Lewis kind of topic that there's a narrative of Sam was in over his head. He didn't really understand what he needed to have in place for like good controls that he thought legally the way he was operating was allowed. Like it's a kind of like, yeah. you know, he, he meant to do well. He didn't know he was doing this. Right. And, and well, and, that'll and be so an interesting on. take, but yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. Because, because post fact, Sam is too is, much has come out is, is obviously extremely like detail oriented and like thinking about things and how they work and the construction of stuff. And so it'll be interesting, but um, well, let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it. If your assessment is correct, mm-hmm. that it was a video game. Yeah. Okay. It was a then, video game. Then and a trade. I, and a trade. Yeah. Then I do think that because what happens with people that can disassociate, they can equivocate. Totally. See, alongside of disassociation is equivocation, yeah. you know, God complex. I'm smarter yeah. than other people. That's exactly right. I can borrow your money temporarily. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll get the exactly trade right. right. I'll put trade. the money back. It's a means to an end. It's a game. You see, so if I'm you're playing this, that's what I see. That's what I see. I, you know, listen, you know, just imagine this nightmare for me. I'm on CNBC Squawk with Sam, September mm-hmm. 7th, announcing the deal. Mm-hmm. We're then going into the Salt Conference and, mm-hmm. and so forth. And then nine short weeks later, I'm back on CNBC, Yeah. okay, at the Squawk Box, announcing that there's a debacle going on in the Bahamas. And then I think Joe or Andrew Sorkin said to me, well, was it fraud? And I said, listen, fraud is a legal definition. On November the 9th or 10th, whenever I was being interviewed, I wasn't ready to say mm-hmm. that it was fraud because I didn't have enough evidence. And I also, people should be given the benefit of the doubt from as it relates to judicial in the legal process. Yeah. But if you ask me that now, after talking to his staff, talking to his GC, mm-hmm. talking to people that were inside the blast zone, yeah. it was fraud in yeah. my mind. And now we'll have to see if he gets convicted yeah. or not. Yeah. But let me tell you something, okay? If the window's open and you hear clippity-clop outside, it's a horse, it's not a zebra, okay? <laughs> so if you've got three people on the team that have already said they're guilty, right? Ryan Salam says he's guilty. That's yeah. the fourth person. They're all inside the inner circle. You're the only one not guilty? Yeah. Now, maybe, you know, and maybe the <laughs> yeah. argument will be, well, I didn't know better, and the lawyers told yeah. me it was okay to do yeah. this. It's a tough defense. I don't think so. Yeah. You know right from wrong in life, okay? And it's like what Potter Stewart once said in a very famous 
Supreme Court case about pornography. Mm -hmm. They were trying to define pornography. And mm -hmm. Potter Stewart, a legendary comment, said, you know, I know it when I see it. Mm -hmm. And that really just sums it all mm -hmm. up, okay? You know fraud when you see it. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. You know right from wrong. I know right from wrong. Mm -hmm. What he did was absolutely cataclysmic, and it was tragic. Mm -hmm. But here's the great news about what he did, okay? It's behind us. Mm -hmm. And the great news about what he did and some of those other nefarious actors, we flushed out a lot of excess in the system yeah. and leverage and a lot of uh, chicanery. And we're now in the aftermath of that where mm -hmm. a place like Circle is shining mm -hmm. and growing its business. We're regrowing our business. Mm -hmm. There's entrants like BlackRock now filing yeah. for Bitcoin ETFs, among many others. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're mainstreaming the ideas around digital property and digital assets in the aftermath of this. And it's a more sober yeah. expectation for everybody because of what happened. So there's always a silver line. I, I see that too. I mean, I, I see there's been a, a huge clearing of things in many ways. And like, look, I've always come at this as like a technologist. I've always been interested in like, what can you actually do? What can the technology actually do to solve problems? And when I look at what's happening right now, when I look at what's happening in blockchain infrastructure, in the kind of layers that are being built to make this usable and safe and to make it work in a regulated context, all these things, I am like more optimistic than I've ever been. And so, you know, I want to end on a positive note, which is genuinely like, I am more bullish and more optimistic than I've ever been about the state of this technology and where we're well, going. I'm, I'm so I'm you. like, we're 10 years in. I told my founding investors and every employee, this is at least a 10 to 20 year journey, just to get to the basic set of ideas that we had when we started the company. I think we're getting there. And when I look at what's been accomplished, even just in the past few years, technology wise, and when I look at what's happening and the fact that almost every government in the world is putting a rule book in place, it's phenomenal. So I'm super optimistic right now. And so I think a year from now, with, you know, it's, it's a year past since, you know, a lot, a lot of, uh, of challenging stuff. And it's, I think we're going to continue to see. Well, you know, look, I'm with you. But here, here's the thing. I always tell people, don't bet against technology and don't bet against growth. You know, Tom Malthus in the 1840s, mm. he said, the population is growing. We can't grow the food fast enough. We're going to starve. Mm. Well, he left out irrigation and genetically modified food right. and better exactly. foods. We have more people dying from obesity-related illnesses than starvation. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid at Tufts, they told me peak oil theory. Mm. We're running out of oil by 2010. Right. That was 25 years after the statement was made. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to run out of oil. Mm -hmm. We have more oil than we know what to do with. We figured out fracking and... Yeah geo positioning off of the satellites and GPS. And yeah. you know, we have more, I mean, could cause a problem environmentally with all the oil that we have. And the third thing is don't bet against mm -hmm. great technology. Mm -hmm. And so if you have something in the marketplace, an electric piece of money that can be moved at the speed of light mm -hmm. in a trustworthy way, yeah. is that better than waiting five days for your stock to settle? or three days for international wire to go through. Mm -hmm. Is that better? Oh, it's also cheaper. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, that's not gonna work. That's gonna work, Jeremy. Yeah. Okay, and I'm proud to be a part of the journey with you. Awesome, well, that's a very optimistic and kind note to conclude. It's great to have you well, on. Well, it's great to be on. Thank you, real Thank pleasure. You, Thank you, Anthony.